the Wrestling Nerds Radio Network presents. Take a seat and buckle up, folks, because Chad Allen, Shelly Allen, Zach Romero, and Luna Lynn are here to violate your ear holes with more indie wrestling, pop culture, and pee-pee humor than you could possibly mentally or emotionally prepare for. You're here for reviews, interviews, nonsense, and more nonsense. It's the IndieCast! Greetings, everybody. Welcome once again to the IndieCast. Chad Allen, Zach Romero... Uh, it's a, uh, a boys only, uh, after dark episode. Uh, Zach isn't feeling great, but he's still here with us. So, uh, Zach, how you doing? Oh, I, I got to carry my weight around here. I can't just, uh, keep pushing responsibilities off on, on the Allen clan. Uh, uh so the I figured. Allen clan doesn't mind it most of the time. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I'm, I've come down with something from shaking all the boys hands in the back and not getting a hand. And sanitizer fast enough, and so I'm I'm not feeling particularly well. So let let's, you know, and let, let let me ask about that briefly, since you, you mentioned it's obviously because that that is quite the backstage thing is that you got to go around and shake everybody's hand, no matter how many times you've met them, how many times you've seen them, no matter how anybody might feel. Is is this something that should possibly go on the wayside, or is that just something we're we're stuck with as it pertains to the to the wrestling to the wrestling world that everybody has to get all well, it's interesting they... because the companies that I work with, um, it, it's usually one of two ways. Like with Punk Pro, it's a little different because we have so many people come in from out of town. So there, there is genuinely sort of a greeting and the handshake quickly becomes like a hug or something like that. So that's different. That's like, oh, I genuinely haven't seen you in a little bit. Thrilled that you made it down. Hugs, hugs, hugs. Or, or, hey, this guy came in my car with me, and it's like, oh, great to meet you. This would be a normal, you know, social grace. But, like, going, going to ACW, yeah, I'll still shake some people's hands, but for the most part, we're kind of all relaxing because we're like, okay, we know what's up. It's fine. However, it feels like every once in a while, like, it'll go a few, like, um, I would say maybe a couple of months where everyone's kind of relaxing. And it's like, okay, maybe we don't have to shake each other's hands. We all know what's up. It's it's fine. But then like a vet of some kind and make a stink about it. And then we're set back up again. Like at one of the last shows I was working at, I had walked in kind of like made some nods of hello, uh, began talking with Trevin and uh, a vet came up and was like, oh, I, you didn't shake my hand. You blew right past me. And I was like, yeah, I, uh, I, I know who you are and, and you know who I am. And I had places to go and I didn't think, he needed me to stop you and, and make sure this was the case, and kind of got some stink eye for that. So I don't. I'm not going to sit here and be like, "It's ridiculous," because it is certainly a sign of respect, and especially if it's something where like you're not super familiar with the person or whatever, then by all means, it, it only makes sense to shake hands. Or God forbid, if you're working together and you have and you're not that familiar with each other, please don't make not shaking hand the pro- the reason why things fall apart in the ring. But right. If we've seen each other a thousand times, don't feel like you have to stop your conversation midway through to turn around and shake my hand. And actually, we were discussing this before the show, uh, Ethan Page and uh, Jordan Grace were actually talking about this on Twitter, that uh, they kind of are like leaning towards retiring the practice because they also get sick all the time because people don't wash their ass and stuff like that. So I don't know. Like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm one for not putting a huge amount of pressure on it, um, but I'm not, uh, you know, I, I'm also not 
so much of a dick that if someone comes up and shakes my hand, I don't immediately turn around and put on the hand sanitizer in almost like a fuck you, you're dirty way. I'm like, okay, great. Wait for them to turn around and then try to get my hands clean. I don't know. I think I see a gimmick here where you like you shake hands and then immediately like squeeze out half a bottle of hand I, sanitizer and like like you're going. I've into seen surf. it done in real life. Uh, Luna and I were at a Ren fair a few years ago, and uh, Drew Garabo from the radio was there in like a little like bone, you know, meet and greet thing. And I happened to walk up and not thinking, I know he he doesn't love shaking hands, probably for the same reason. Not thinking, I just happened to throw my hand out there. And we shook hands, and he was like, oh, hey, get, great to see you guys. His hand wasn't even fully out of mine yet, and he was already going to the hand sanitizer and like, squirk it, squirk it. And so I've seen it done in real life, and it is stone cold. <laughs> I love the fact that Drew Garabo, I'm wearing a tag Drew Garabo on this to talk about that. Um, so, Zach, you said you had some wrestling topics to cover. Uh, I don't know what, so I'm so, excited yes. to hear what you've got. Uh, so we'll I'm, talk I'm, about that. We'll devolve from there. I'm curious, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this. And and we're kind of, this is sort of encroaching on the the Hamifist boys' um, neck of the woods. But a video came out this week uh, that is just basically two pieces of footage um, stacked on top of each other showing EC3's entrances. And the first one is like when he made his debut versus his appearance on main event last week. And it's the same entrance. It's still his letter and numbers and all that good stuff. And he makes his way down the ring and he's all muscly and awesome. But there is a clear distinction. The... He looks dead inside in the second video, basically. Like, he walks in the ring, doesn't look like he's excited to be there. You know, he's basically, he looks miserable. He looks miserable making his way to the ring. And then you compare it to his debut, and he's all bouncy and thrilled to be there and blah, blah, blah. And so people have kind of been pointing to it as like a look at the, look what they've done to this guy. Look what they've done to Um, And so, A, have you seen the video? And B, I'm curious as to what you your takeaway from this is. Not necessarily that it's like, oh, this is, this is, incorrectly this is a lie i don't i'm not going that far but what are your takeaways from that i did see the video uh <laughs> actually speaking of the hammer fist boys I, I do believe they had put it up on uh the wrestling nerds group on facebook uh which is the first place i saw it and if you're not a fan of the, if you're not joining the wrestling nerds uh radio network group on facebook look us up come talk with us um it's <laughs> it's hard not to look at those and see a broken man. And it's disappointing Mm -hmm. to see somebody who's as talented as EC3 kind of hit that moment. Um, And it does make me question a lot of what we've been hearing nowadays as it pertains to what um, John Moxley said on Chris Jericho's podcast. And and Shelly and I talked a little bit about this last week uh, about how things are being run. Uh, You know, this is similar to the stuff that, uh, CM Punk was saying about the way things were being run, uh, and even Dustin uh, Dustin Rhodes talked a little bit about it after um, AEW show that that being in WWE felt like prison for a while, and it is disappointing to me when talent like that hit a point where um, they they are going through the motions because you want mm-hmm. them to be you know, into it all the time. Now, could this have been just one bad night where he just wasn't feeling it? 
That's my hope, but I'm sad to say that I would guess that if we were to film him showing up again next week on main event or next week on SmackDown or wherever he might end up, that you would get the same thing over again. Um, And I would like to believe that somebody in the big company is taking notice of stuff like this and trying to make changes so that there are more, you know, that there are people that feel like what they're doing is worth it. But uh, I I don't know if that's going to be a thing anytime soon. Interesting. And that's that's depressing uh, because there's a lot of great talent there. They they've shown through other portions of their company, like, you know, NXT and 205 live that they can put on, still put on an amazing show. Um, but I don't know what needs to really change to do that other than what everybody else says, which is, you know, Vince McMahon needs to retire. Um, well, my thoughts were number one, I, I'm not going to say that this is 100% accurate because again, you're not comparing like here was his entrance on raw six months ago. Oh, and here's his entrance on raw. Now we're comparing here was literally his re-debut and his appearance on main event, which is still considered a beat like a C show. Like it's a couple of matches before SmackDown or before raw or whatever the hell they film main event. So it's not like it was like, like WrestleMania and WrestleMania. We're talking about two very different levels in terms True. of, you know, a crowd and, you know, excitement. And, and, and again, you, you know, if you put 110% out every time, that's wonderful. But also, if he's putting 110% out on main event and then ends up, like, snapping his ankle because he's in wrestling like it's WrestleMania, then now he screwed himself and wasn't worth it. So I'm not... I'm going to say, like, it's 100% accurate that, like, he's all jumpy, happy in the first video and, you know, looks like he wants to kill himself in the second. I'm not going to say that's 100% accurate and there's no other further context needed. That being said, even if the story about the Dean Ambrose thing about, well, because he didn't make Ambrose look bad, this is his burial and blah, blah, blah. That's all still, to a certain degree, kind of like hearsay, you know, we don't have the full story there. So even if that's not true, let's take that off the table completely. We are looking at somebody who started in NXT and was sort of kind of a comedic character, eventually made it to a higher, you know, still somewhat comedic, was kind of getting frustrated, kind of hitting a bit of a brick wall in terms of advancement, eventually got his release, went to the competition, completely rebuilt himself from the ground up, became not only a star but like the face of the company for a bit like he made himself into a main event talent with this other company like really did an amazing and to the point where WWE basically was like hey we would love to have you back you've really come into your own we've got all these great plans for you okay that sounds great he ditches TNA comes back to WWE and you know in very little time he's right back where he was He's just sort of floundering around and is hitting that same brick wall again as though he never left. It's like this is exactly where he would have been had he never left and just kept sort of grinding away and being like, I hope they figure out something for me. That I could see why 
the fire is diminishing inside because it's like, hey, if I just stayed on the indies or if I just stayed in the other company, I might be going somewhere fast as opposed to here where I'm just in this perpetual kind of holding pattern of, of well, something's going to come down the pipeline. Don't worry. Something. And so that's where that's kind of the takeaway I took is that sometimes it feels like it's not so much the day. WWE has a plan for something coming in more so as they're like, we are willing to pay X amount of dollars to make sure that other companies do not have this opportunity. Right. I'm not saying that was their thought process with EC3, but it certainly feels that way in terms of like, well, we don't really have anything for you, but we just don't want TNA to do this great with you. Cause you were ours first. It, there's definitely an element that feels like that. Yeah. Oh, and I don't disagree with that. I, I think they've hired quite a few people lately not because they had any idea of what exactly they wanted to do with them, but but just to get them off the indies or to keep them away from, you know, TNA scooping up a bunch of people and starting to become bigger. Or and now, obviously, they're trying to shore up anybody they can that, that might even remotely sniff at the idea of going to AEW um, to balance them out. And I think, quite honestly, it's very interesting that you mentioned, you know, if I had stayed in this company or stayed on the indies, you're absolutely right. If EC3 had stayed on the independent scene for a little while, he probably he'd probably be wrestling in AEW right now, and be in I would say probably a uh, though I know we're not always the the greatest fans, but probably like a Joey Janela level like person in AEW right now, mm-hmm. um, which I don't think is a bad spot to be in because I mean he's fighting Moxley at the next at the next show. Um, and, you know, and I feel like, you know, for for some people, it's like that's what they did with uh, somebody like Ricochet, I think, was mm-hmm. picked up not because they, you know, they saw a talent. Don't get me wrong, but they saw a talent that was starting to, you know, make waves in other companies that, you know, had done stuff in, you know, Lucha Underground and, you know, uh, you know different places like that. Um, and they just we got to get him off the indies because he could end up somewhere else. And and I think mm-hmm. we could go on a litany of people that they've done that with. Um, and I mean, it's, I, I would, I want to bitch about it, but it, it's not a bad business decision as WWE goes, because if something does happen and they blow up, they've got them. But if they don't, they have, you know, kept a major talent from being competition to them. So and I'm not going to sit here and 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 paint with a broad brush and say like, oh, they're they're always, you know, uh, doing it to a dastardly degree. Like I don't think WWE has the, quite frankly, has enough enthusiasm to even be that devious to be like, we're going to take this talent off the indies just so no one can have it. I'm sure they all come to them with the biggest, brightest ideas, like, oh, kid. You're going to headline WrestleMania and ba 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 ba, and then they just sort of forget about them and go like, "Oh, I don't know, we have this idea we were doing with this other guy," and da da da. And they get, so I'm thinking it's it. I, I'm not going to give them enough credit to say, "Oh, they're they're adamantly going after talent, and going like, ah, oh, we're just doing this to sabotage other people." I think that certainly could be why they cert- they get initially interested in somebody, but I don't think that's like on their you know flow chart for the year. Of like, well, we got to make sure we really cock block a lot of other companies. I think it's more so like, oh, well, this guy's got so much buzz. Let's grab him on here and he's going to be the next big thing. And then they get distracted by something else. And then they're like, who's this? And then they're, just, you know, floundering and, and treading water. 
Um, now you mentioned AEW and you mentioned uh, the Janela uh, Moxley fight coming up for Fighter Fest at the end of the month. Uh, Luna and I will actually be on location at Fighter Fest. Um, we will be there in attendance. I'm wow. sure we'll both be wearing fully gimmicked shirts of some kind or putting ourselves over. Um, but we will be there right at the entranceway. So hopefully you'll be able to see us as they just announced this week that they are going to be streaming the event live for free. So lots of fans around uh, will get to see this. And I think, uh, you know, there are definitely some people who are, I think, um, some gatekeepy kind of fans who are a little butthurt about this because they want it to feel special. Like, oh, I got to see it, not you. And now everyone's going to get to see it for free. But from a business perspective, this totally makes sense because CEO is a big gaming convention, a big fighting game tournament series. And so the inclusion of wrestling is just sort of like a weird experiment on their part anyway. So there was no guarantee of like, Oh, this is going to be, obviously it's like not really in Canon for AEW, or at least it wasn't started to be. It may be now that they're going to stream it, but originally it was just sort of like, Hey, here's another weird one-off. Um, with some AEW talent, some maybe not, who knows. Now that I think they're putting a little more oomph behind it to be like, well, let's just make this another AEW show. However, it is a fighting game tournament, so how do we like, almost like getting like a tax write-off. It's like, well, how do we make this work for the business, even though it's not really our 100% show? Uh, well, they'll stream it for free, and so the people who didn't get to see, you know, Double or Nothing will get another chance to sort of get sucked into AEW. W and you know we've still made our money because the event got sold out you know because all these wrestling nerds want to come see us at a gaming convention so I totally see why they would make the decision to stream it for free because it's like well we've already made the money we wanted to make through ticket sales so we weren't you know it wasn't necessarily in the business plan to sell it on DVD later or something like that so why not stream it for free like what's the harm in that and then you know you'll hopefully grab other fans or maybe people who heard all the buzz about double or nothing, but didn't give it a shot. And well, now you don't have a reason not to now it's streaming for free. So you can see what they're doing and blah, blah, blah. And then Chris Jericho tweeted that like, because it's being streamed for free now, he refuses to be on the show, which I was like, okay, that's good. Well, that fits in perfectly with, with Jericho's overall, like, you know, uh, you know, at the end of double or nothing, uh, you know, going on a, what felt like forever rant about how, you know, all the fans should be thanking him because this show is not about the fans. It's all about Chris Jericho. Right. Um, and this company's nothing without him type of situation. So I, I think that's hysterical. I, I think that's well yeah. played on his part. Now I don't think Jericho was ever actually booked for the show in the first place. So that's, you know, just a nice little added, you know, bonus on that one as well. Um, first off, I'm jealous. You're going to be there live. Uh, I want to, I want to go to fighter fest, but, um, but, uh, uh, the, the show itself will be interesting. I'll, I'll definitely be, you know, wanting to watch the live stream and, and hope everything goes through. Okay. As it, and as, as it is streamed live. Cause, um, though live streaming has gotten a lot better nowadays, there's still some, um, still some questions on how well it'll, come through and you know will there'll be bugs will there'll be errors things like that um 
But yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right. I think this is the smartest thing they could have done, especially after Double or Nothing did better than I think even they expected it to. And, you know, now to keep drawing people in, you know, why not give... Because it's not like... I don't think they're going to do, like, a super huge long show. This won't be three hours of wrestling. This will probably be... Right. Two hours at best. Um, with some quick matches that are a good excuse just to you know, get the company's name out there. And I'm sure CEO has no problem sharing billing to, uh, to gain some interest on their end as well. So I don't think it's a bad idea in the least. Excellent. Now I have another kind of, uh, adjacent wrestling question. Um, and I feel like this would be something that would be like involved, included in like a documentary or something like that. Uh, tell me your thoughts about, uh, the internet sensation known as Superhuman, H-U-M-M-A-N, the uh, uh, obvious ICP fanatic who makes his living on social media by jumping off his back porch onto various uh, breakable and pointy items. Uh, he's been kind of sort of blowing up on Facebook. He's out of Ocala, Florida, so who knows? We may be able to get him on the IndyCast at some point. Um, uh, but as a fellow uh, member of the juggalo nation what are your thoughts on uh superhuman uh there there may have already been an, an email sent out to try to get him on the show actually um excellent. that has not excellent. quite got to reply yet but uh I, i'm definitely might be trying to work on that um i mean first off of course he's from florida i, I expected nothing less <laughs> um like where you're from where uh of course um I think his videos are, for the most part, harmless fun. I, I mean, well, to everybody but him. He, he just did one I, I watched today where he did a dive off onto his typical board, and it was filled with uh, coffee mugs. And shocker, they broke, and he sliced up his arm pretty good. Um, so he was going to take a, a little bit of a break to heal up, which is probably a good idea. Um, I don't know. It's 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 what I would expect from the internet nowadays. Um that something like this would be become famous. Uh I'm waiting to to hear that he's been booked for like a, a gathering uh a gathering in the Juggalos. Yeah, I was going to say that would I could easily be, uh, see him showing he, up at, at least a, as a manager or like Oh no, I, mean, I feel like they would I feel like they would put him in. I feel like they would find some way to put him into like a tag match at Bloody Mania, and he would get tagged in just long enough to, you know, he would be the hot tag of the match. He would get a few shots in. He would climb up to the second rope, yell out, fuck this shit, dive off with an elbow on the opponent and win the match with that, and the place would the place would go bananas. Um, I think Punk Pro should try to book him just because I think that would be hysterical, too. Uh, <laughs> I was just about uh, to ask. Um, but that was no, I mean, follow up should should Punk Pro put up? Sure, a- why not? We, let's uh, let's have him fight. Let's have him fight somebody, and uh, we'll have him managed by Izzy, and the internet can really go fucking crazy when that. I was just gonna say that. it's been a hot minute since we made the internet mad. Like uh, might as well. Yeah, let's piss the internet off a little bit more. Um, no, I don't know. What do you, what do you think? Of, what do you think of su- Superhuman? Uh, uh, it's interesting to me because obviously you know. 
I remember during the Attitude Era there being a huge um, uh, sort of, I guess the dirty word back then was backyard, uh, which I know is, and I guess, well, what what I mean by that, let me explain that first. What I mean by that is um, that when WWF was really gaining a lot of momentum and steam, uh, that like the big take from news outlets that, that wanted to take the piss out of it would be like, oh, how is this influencing children at home? And then they would show some kid doing a backflip off his roof and, you know, cracking a skull open. And it was like, oh, this is what happens with wrestling is popular. So I remember there being a time when backyard wrestling was really sort of like a dirty word in terms of like, oh, well, there's no rules and people can get hurt and there's no real like oversight. It's just like whoever wants to fight can fight and blah, 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 which I don't think all of those were necessary. But it was a little more harder-edged form of, of entertainment. But, much like everything, you know, uh, Luna and I both recoil in horror every time we walk into a store now that has some horrendous piece of 90s uh, attire, attire for sale now, because the 90s are back. So same kind of thing, like everything kind of goes in, in circles and comes in cycles. So on Rust. Twitter, I know a little bit ago there was like a big push kind of looking back fondly on backyard wrestling. And so I feel like he superhuman is a sort of a an a embodiment of that. That like it's been forever since there were jackass videos. Um the closest thing we have to that like stunt sort of online presence are like the dude perfect guys on YouTube where they're like instead of doing stunts that can get them hurt, instead they're like, hey, I threw this basketball out of a 90 story building and it went to the hoop. Like that's the closest to like any sort of like, wow, real life stunt work. So he saw that there wasn't any sort of freak show pain tolerance, you know, um, demographic being filled and he filled it. And so I'm thrilled just as a guy who respects gimmicks. I'm thrilled that he has merch. I'm thrilled that he's making some kind of funding off of this. Um, and that there's a weird, it's like with any kind of like performance, there's a weird earnestness to it. So the fact that he seems kind of awkward um, adds to it, I think adds to the um, enticing elements to it. Because you're like, this is goofy dude. Um, the fact that he's very clear and open with his uh, love and support of ICP also, I think, is interesting because... You know, um, there's no secret. ICP is got a huge fan following, and yet, you know, I'm sure there's even more people out there who listen to ICP privately and go like, "God damn, these guys are really good," but they don't like paint their faces. But it seems it's almost like a shameful thing if you're not fully embracing it. Then it's almost like mm, that's a dirty secret. This guy yeah. is doing the best of both. He's not painting himself up, but he literally in his opening speech before every makes references to juggalos and juggalettes and whoop whoop and everything. So like, it's just a weird anomaly. He's, he, he's so genuine in just being a weird, weird guy that that draws you in. And then the fact that he isn't like a built stunt man, he's just a dude. So there, it almost has like a snuff film element to it. Cause you're like, is this the episode that he dies? Is it legal to post it on the internet? If he dies, like, is that, what's the grounds for that? Can I see, am I going to get in trouble if I'm watching it and he dies? Like, 
it's, it's, a, it's an enigma wrapped in a mystery. And, uh, and I would have no problem him being at a punk pro show, especially in how you booked that tag match. I think that would work out perfectly. Now, I, I do want to state one thing that you did mention here that you, you think that you, you thought he found that kind of niche that was that was missing for that backyard stuntman jackass type thing. I would like to counter, sir, that um, I think you're giving him entirely too much credit and him thinking that, that, you know, like, I think there's a niche missing here. I think he recorded a video of him jumping off onto, you know, onto something uh, as a fucking lark. And he suddenly got a bunch of views on it and then just went, I'm going to keep doing that. I don't know if there's actually been a ponderance. Of well, true. Movie. Yes, you're right. He might just be a savant and like did it and it gained popularity. He's like, well, I'm going to keep doing this. But whether he did it on purpose or not, obviously that niche was missing. Like, obviously so, that demographic needed something. And whether he, he did it on purpose or the apple hit him on the head and he invented gravity one way or the other. He got to the bottom line, which was people are going to pay me to do this. So I'm going to keep doing this. So and here's the other interesting thing, because you mentioned his merchandise. Um, Let's play six degrees of Kevin Bacon here. How do you connect superhuman to this very podcast without him being a guest on the show? Hmm. Let me see. Who does he get his merch? That's what I need to figure out. Not through fully gimmicked. Not, too, no, not, not yet. Give us time. If I can figure out a pop vinyl of him, then he's mine. Let's see. Let me get his merch through. I'm looking it up right now. Um, okay. I will let you know it specifically has to do with one of the two t-shirts he's selling. That's, that's the hint I will give you. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm hitting the toaster. Now, my other question is, as I'm trying to fight you, figure out where the hell he gets his merch made. Um, when he fa- when he seems to get knocked out or maybe gets a concussion or something like that. Uh, do you feel like that's an act or do you feel like he really genuinely. Is knocking himself loopy. Uh, I think it depends. I think sometimes he's overselling it, but there's definitely times where, like I said, he's legitimately hurt himself and it's, and, and, uh, he's causing himself some physical harm. Like I said, I know the coffee mugs because he definitely put a picture up of his arm all chopped up from the coffee mug. So that time I think it was definitely like, oh, this hurts. But I think he did one where he like jumped on Legos or something. And I, I think that was. I think he was overselling that one a little bit. That's just me. Okay, I give up because I don't know where the hell he gets his merch made. Uh, I don't remember where he gets his merch made, but he had a uh, a T-shirt done that said that had his tagline of "fuck this shit" with a drawing of him jumping off of his deck, uh, which was uh, dr- which was drawn by former guest of the Indycast, Caden Green of the Coda. Oh, fantastic. So, so KG of the Coda did the did the artwork for that shirt, and obviously he's been a guest on our show. So hopefully uh, KG might hear this and put in a good word to get superhuman. Yeah, I was going to say if you can put in a good word, that's that's what really matters. So, um, but I thought that, but I thought that <laughs> was Doc Holiday KG KG did his uh, artwork for him. So. Amazing. So one other quick plug that I need to make. Uh, well, two p- quick plugs. Um, by the time this goes up, I don't know if the eBay listing will still be going. I don't think it will be, but we 
um, put up on eBay our first like one of a kind auction item, which was a half of a skateboard deck that was decorated uh, for uh, Scary Sue Young. And on the Fully Gimmick Patreon, uh, the patrons that are already you know subscribed to that got the link to do the bidding way in advance. They had like first dibs on it. And then after a few days, we officially listed it to the public. So that's, excuse me, that's one reason to maybe join up the Patreon for Fully Gimmicked, because we are going to be doing more of that kind of stuff. Uh, and so that's going well. Like I said, I don't know if that, that auction will still be going by the time this episode goes up. But if not, keep your eyes peeled and or join the Patreon uh, for Fully Gimmicked, and uh, we'll be giving away all kinds of stuff and, and um, showcasing alternate ideas and getting input from fans, all kinds of cool secret stuff. Um, so that's number one. Number two, other plug, by the time this episode goes up, the this week's ACW Proving Ground should also be on, and I'm definitely plugging that because it is the crowning of the first WN. C Florida title match, the, the crowning of that first champ uh, at ACW four way ladder match. Gabe Zilla, Romeo Cavedo, Fabu Andre, and and so in a ladder match, it's going to be absolutely bonkers. And so we're going to make sure that uh, that episode is up as um, so that everybody can see the crowning of that of that uh, prestigious Florida title and uh, and see and see uh, who is our first champion and who hits the ground running, because that thing is going to be defended all over the state of Florida. And uh, I, I am very excited, A, to see who wins that. Um, my bets are actually, I, I'm, I'm kind of hedging my bets because I'm picking two people. I think Gabe Zilla will be the one that wins it. But my dark horse pick is actually Fabu Andre, who I'm becoming more and more of a fan of. Um, uh, so I, I, that's kind of where I'm going with that one there. But uh, I am interested to see that whoever gets this to see if they can take it and run with it and try to make it as prestigious as one uh, Hunter Law has done so far with the Wrestling Nerds Radio Network Internet title. Uh, and maybe <laughs> I was just going to say, it's got competition. Yeah, and see if uh, there is a, uh, you know, I, I don't know if I would want to do a, a like a combining match uh, by any stretch, but but having you know, the wrestling nerds radio network internet champion and the, uh, WR in Florida champion face off against each other. Uh, just as a kind of see, you know, who's better type of situation could be a lot of fun. So. No, I'm very, very excited. And I'm, I'm hoping that it's going to be, um, you know, it's going to and, you know, I'm, I'm, I've got high hopes for this title because if it wasn't for the success and the explosion that the internet title has had over the last year, I wouldn't have the confidence that this title could, you know, be carried and, and showcased and, and travel from company to company. But with just how great the internet title has done, I have a lot more confidence that like this could be a project that would actually work. So we're going to see. Um, it is going to be an exclusive Wednesday night title. So if you do come to Proving Ground shows, uh, there's a great chance you'll see that title being defended, and uh, it'll be traveling all around the state of Florida. Very nice. So look out, look out for that belt. That's going to be in. Um, when do you think that uh, approximately? When does the, when do the shows usually go up online for uh, ACW for those that can't make it out? 
Uh, usually, you're, usually around Friday, because it takes me Thursday to edit them, because I come home so late on Wednesday. So usually, I would say Friday, usually right at lunch, is when they're up and running on YouTube. So I'll, I'll, be, I'll do my best to stay on schedule and get that thing posted, oh, uh, and I'll be doing commentary live there. And we'll tag it on the we'll tag it on the all the our respective social media when it goes up so everybody can see it because that'll be excellent. That'll be oh, and one more final plug that I just learned today. Uh, so the sexiest show ever, the Rex Bacchus Alex Perry benefit show in July. Um, they were announcing some changes, or they will be announcing some changes because uh, that roster is so massive that they're you know kind of rearranging the deck a little bit here. But I have it on the greatest authority. That they will be announcing that there's going to be a full uh, match, and it is going to be Chuckles the Clown, Captain Aaron Nova, the fastest man in the buildings, and the compact cannonball Dick Danger will all be wrestling at the sexiest show ever, uh, July the 12th, I believe. And so that'll be the Gulf Event Center as well. It's a big benefit show for the families of those uh, those wrestlers who have passed. And uh, and so I, I've got it on go to thirty. I'm making a uh, an announcement here, here, uh, an exclusive here for the IndyCast that that four way will be happening, and hopefully there'll be promos for it here shortly. So this has been a surprisingly wrestling focused episode. I, it may just be the Nyquil talking. I don't know, but uh-huh. I'm commending both of us for staying on topic here and actually discussing, uh, for the most part, wrestling. And there we go. And by the way, I do think uh, since you did mention the sexiest show. Uh, everybody should come out to see that and uh, come out early because I do believe this uh, very show has been invited to come out and broadcast before it. So uh, look for damn another, right. Look for another Megapod. Uh, and uh, I know myself and uh, Mr. Romero will both be there for that one. I don't know if the ladies are joining us or not for that, but uh, we'll, see. Okay. we'll see how much convincing we can do in the meantime. We're hoping to uh, drag in a bunch of guests on that one, though. So come out and see us first. <laughs> And then support the show because the uh, the everything that from this show I believe goes to a really good cause. I believe it goes to the family of Rex Bacchus uh, and the like to to help out with to help out with them since they've passed. So um, it's definitely worth it to come out. It's gonna be a killer show too. So definitely come out for that. Right, it's gonna yeah. be absolutely bonkers. Uh, so that's it. I think it's just about everything. Um, it, it, uh... I'll uh, I'll do the the final plugs here. So obviously, um, if you're not subscribed to us already, make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Uh, we release an episode uh, every week. Uh, also, make sure you're taking a listen to Team Hammerfist and their Power Hour whenever they feel uh, good and ready to release their content. Love those boys, as well as uh, new episodes of Monster of the Week, the tabletop improv mystery game. Uh, those episodes will be coming down the pipeline here soon with a brand new theme song by the immensely talented Kate Nix. So that'll be coming up uh, shortly. Um, as I said, join uh, Fully Gimmicked on Patreon. Uh, keep your eyes peeled for other one-of-a-kind items on the eBay. Uh, follow us on Facebook. Oh, and the first episode of the Gimmick Guide has officially been released. So go look up the Gimmick Guide on YouTube and listen to me toss some tough love and kind of sort of memes to try to break the fall toward wrestlers trying to figure out character work uh so it's been very busy uh in the IndyCast family of talents and so uh for everybody here i'm zach romero uh and i am as always cocculus maximus because we're an after dark episode fuck you okay goodbye 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 deuces
And until next time, everybody. Cheers. <laughs> Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 3,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 100 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. Greetings, everybody. Chad Allen here from the IndyCast. Uh, well, I guess, obviously, they're listening to the show. Uh, here to talk to you about Phil Singer Games. Uh, I know you've probably heard us talk about it uh, before if you're a listener of the episode, but if you're not, Phil Singer Games for over 30 years has been the top wrestling card and dice role-playing style game that's on the market right now. An absolute blast to play uh, if you play the Champions of the Galaxy version, where you can pretend to be one of the many stars from the future and battle them out, to legends of uh, today from here on Earth with guys like Andre the Giant and the Road Warriors, or to the most recent independent up-and-comers. You can play any single one of them, or you can even play them against each other. It gives you the chance to have those dream matches you never thought you wanted to see until right this moment. And you can find out all about it on philsingergames.com. There are hundreds of wrestlers to choose from. Tell them the IndyCast sent you. Go to philsingergames.com. Just shove it in my face. I'm ready to greet the day, you fucker. <laughs> Every single one of you guys has made a horrible decision. <laughs> it's that dirty-ass Meryl Street. We it's are. We're touching wieners. Not touching wieners dude. professionally. What I am is a big, queer, stone-cold Steve Austin. Mom, save vagina.